coming up on the One Sheep Podcast. My first supernatural experience at the age of eight. okay. God will know what to do. I was eight years old when I had my first supernatural experience. I was staying at my grandparents' house in Merrimack, Massachusetts. All of us kids spent many weekends with my mom's parents. They were some of the best times of my life. I miss my grandparents, and I miss their passing too. I was in the U.S. Army and deployed to Kosovo, so I did not get to say goodbye to either one of them. It is probably one of the biggest regrets in my life. I was being all I could be, right? Where was I? Oh yeah. I was eight years old, and my sister Stacy and I were spending the weekend with my grandparents. It was a small house, uh, basically a two-bedroom, one-bath home. It had a basement with an old furnace and a, a wood stove for heat. It also had an attic, which was off-limits to us kids, and supposedly was inhabited by a witch, emphasis by both grandparents. So no, I never went up in the attic or in the basement. In fact, what was once the front room, or their living room, had like a set of stout bunk beds on the left-hand side of the room. Uh, I've never seen a set of bunk beds like this ever since. I mean, these were the strongest, stoutest bunk beds you could ever (laughs) have imagined. Anyway, they used to be adorned with uh, like a ton of horse bridles and various dog leashes hanging off of the top bunk post. And the top of the bunk was covered with an assortment of junk, everything from horse saddles to old clothes, toys, tin boxes, etc. There was even a path that wound its way around the junk pile across from the bunk beds and stopped at the bathroom door. You see, my grandparents were hoarders before TV made it famous. Or maybe it was just that generation having gone through a world war. I don't know. The only TV in the whole house had two dials on it, and it was a color picture tube. It sat on an old dresser you had to walk in front of to go into the bathroom. I remember many a night of lying beside my grandpa on the bottom bunk watching TV as my grandmother sat in the kitchen knitting. We all watched Columbo, 60 Minutes with Andy Rooney, and then we watched Johnny Carson before we all went off to bed. I slept on the bottom bunk right where we had watched TV. My grandfather went to his bedroom, which was behind the kitchen. And my grandmother went to her bedroom, which was down a a narrow path at the bottom of my grandfather's bed and behind uh, the bunk bed wall where I was sleeping. Uh, They were old-fashioned like that, so they slept in separate beds. I was in the front room, and I remember the only thing I could see was a little orange nightlight. And I was awake, and I was staring at the nightlight when all of a sudden I was hurtling feet first through outer space at the speed of light. I mean, I had not seen the original Star Wars movie yet. That didn't happen until I was nine. So I didn't even know what light speed was. All I know is I kept passing from one galaxy to the next. It was like the mirror infinity trick, you know, where you hold two mirrors up and your reflection goes on forever. Only, I saw this as galaxies. And it was like going from one uh, technical drawing board or or an artist easel, right? Almost like it was a cartoon, you know, how you you have like the artist easel. And it's like coming out of one world into the next. The mirror trick thing, they're just showing me that what infinity is, I guess. And while this was happening, I kept hearing my own voice in my head asking the same question over and over again as I shot through these galaxies. What does it mean to exist forever? What if I don't want to live forever? Once you exist, do you always exist? My heart was pounding in my little eight-year-old chest, harder and harder, 
as I pondered each question. I might add, I felt as if the questions were being fed to me. I mean, I'm eight years old. How many eight-year-olds do you know who ponder their eternal existence? My heart kept racing and pounding harder and faster, and I could hear it in my ears. It was so loud. It felt as if it would come out of my chest any second now. I can think of nothing more frightening than the question, what if I don't want to exist? Will I know the difference? Where does it all end? What does forever mean? As you look at your own hands and you're suspended in outer space, try to imagine what it means not to exist now that you do exist and wondering if you would know the difference. A million years passes and you're still here. What is here? Finally, I said, it's okay. God will know what to do. And with that self-assuring statement, I saw my nightlight again and my heart rate slowed to a normal eight-year-old pace. It was probably the single scariest experience of my life. Looking back on it as an adult, I believe it was my Job moment. Like the devil had made a wager that an eight-year-old would not seek after God. Honestly, if I did not remember my grandfather praying at the dinner table and think, Oh yeah, God. God will know what to do. I think I would have died that night. And I think the coroner's report would have said I had a faulty heart valve or something to that extent. The good news is, I am alive. I made it through that ordeal. And I've been blessed more times than any man deserves. And I cannot help but wonder if that single moment in time was to thank for all the blessings in my life. So the next time you're about to lose your mind from the stress of this old world, and you think you can't go on anymore, I want you to do me a favor. Stop and say, Oh yeah, God, it's okay. God will know what to do. 